Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, how live cell analysis technology is meeting the needs of ever-evolving advanced cell models. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Kimberly Wickland. Kimberly is the head of product management for the Incusite at Sartorius. Kim joined the Incusite team in 2015 and has worked in the world of imaging and microscopy since 2000. She obtained her PhD in chemical engineering from the University of California, Berkeley, and currently lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Cell modeling and cell systems have evolved significantly. Can you explain for listeners how cell monitoring has advanced to meet these needs? Absolutely. Uh, Researchers now are really on a quest for physiological relevance in their cell models and their cell systems. But without that physiological relevance, the path to significant advances that are going to translate from bench to bedside, there's going to be a lot of disappointment without that physiological relevance. Um, And those disappointments cost a lot of money. So now researchers are making a shift from very simple recombinant cell systems, and they're moving towards these primary cells or stem cell-derived cells. Those cells are often human, and they're often patient-specific. Uh, There are a lot of co-cultures, multi-cultures, tissue organoid models. All of these things offer significant promise, but they do present challenges to the typical cell workflows. What we're seeing is a fundamental shift in cell models, and that fundamental shift is moving towards complexity, sensitivity, and scarcity. Your typical immortalized cell line could survive if you left a flask say, in your laboratory, in the hood, for the day, maybe the night, those cells could still survive. But experiments with advanced cell models require very precise environments and and also an increase in efficiency and a reduction in failures because at the end of the day, no cell can be wasted in this new world of cell models. And because of this, there's a big pressure on the instrumentation. How can we ensure the instrument is designed for the cells and not the other way around. We often see systems for analyzing cells that arise out of a new technological discovery. And then the cells kind of get shoehorned in to that technology. We do things like fixing our cells. We we kill them. We use many of them um, in order to get the measurement. But really, that's not the way to go with these new cell models. Now we need systems that reliably measure small numbers of cells that are in a stable physiological environment. And the cells need to stay that way throughout the entire observation and measurement process. Many of these cell types don't want to be jostled around on a piece of equipment or hauled back and forth from the incubator to the equipment. So instead of starting with a focus on the system, the technology, we need to imagine the cells in their happy place, and designed to keep them that way. And we really need to see them on their journey. There are many complex interactions with these new types of models, and we have to look at them over time. And then really the last thing, we we have to think of the cells first and foremost, that is for certain. But we have to think of the users of these cell models as well. That is a very symbiotic relationship. If the scientists can't get their work done efficiently, then their cells aren't being used efficiently. If cells are sitting in on an instrument in an uncontrolled environment 
while the user is trying to figure out how to use the instrument, then the instrument is doing a disservice. I really am interested in uh, live cell analysis, and I'm wondering if you could tell us how live cell analysis works and how it's different from endpoint workflows, such as flow cytometry, for example. Very simply put, live cell analysis centers on the dimension of time, and it centers on repeated measurements of the same populations of cells. So if you think about, say, your favorite sport, you want to see the score halfway through, and see nothing else? Or do you want to watch how it evolved? If you only see the score at a point in time, how do you know who won? How do you know what to feel about the next game? You know, you really have no idea of what's to come. I really like that analogy. I think that's a great one. Can you tell us a little bit more about why live cell analysis is a good fit for advanced cell systems like primary cells and stem-derived cells? Yes, absolutely. I will take the sports analogy a little bit further. Uh, if you're watching a game, you really want to know what team started strong, maybe lost their edge, what players are really shining, and all of that can change in an instant. So think of your cell models as your favorite team. They are full of different personalities that can be considered unpredictable until you watch them long enough until you really dig in and put them in an environment that doesn't change, then and only then can you begin to predict how they're going to behave. That makes a lot of sense. And to dig more deeply into this, can you describe the Incusite live cell analysis technology and then why it is a good fit for these more advanced cell models? Well, like I mentioned earlier, you have to start by being an advocate for the cells and for the scientists. With the Incusite, we think about the cells and we put them in a precise and robust environment, which is your standard tissue culture incubator. And then we leave them there, absolutely and perfectly still. The cells stay put, they do their thing, and the Incusite has a mobile optical system that travels to the cells and captures images repeatedly in an automated fashion over time. And then for the scientists, we make it as simple and as automated as possible to get from the time that you put the cells in the Anki site to the time when you're standing in front of a group presenting results or making graphs for a publication. When we are doing product development, we have a team of biologists that are sitting right alongside the engineers saying, hey, I need this to be fewer clicks or I need this to be better suited to my workflow or, you know, I don't want to figure that out. That's more technology than biology. And that's the rule. If it gets too complicated, then we're wasting cells, we're wasting scientists' time, and we just don't like to do that. I think that's a great model for the end user's experience and matching that with your engineers. I think it, it works, makes for a great partnership. You have an exciting announcement that you're making at ISSCR this week. Uh, you're expanding the product portfolio to include another Incusite model. Can you tell us some details about the new product? Yes, yes. We are very excited to announce our newest member of the Incusite family, the FX1. The FX1 offers the same information-rich analysis and a streamlined user experience as our flagship model, the Incusite S3. Um, the S3 is a real workout course. 
that can accommodate multiple experiments in parallel, up to six microplate experiments at a time, which is great for a lab that has a substantial workload with many users performing live cell analysis you know, on a daily or weekly basis. But not every lab has that demanding of a workload. A lab might be new to live cell, or there may be fewer users. And that is the lab that might prefer an SX1. It's simply a, a more personalized experience. That's great because more people will be able to implement this technology if there's some options for, you know, the kind of throughput and and the kind of experience that you would have with the two different uh, models. Whenever we talk about new products, scientists always want to know how will it make their research better, more efficient, and more productive. Can you provide some of the key workflow advantages of the IncuSight? Yeah, absolutely. With the IncuSight, you can observe and measure your cell models during the entire cell biology workflow. From the culture, from the moment they're placed in culture, to uh, observe any manipulations that you make, and then any assays. You know, you can really suit the whole workflow. During that workflow, you can image and analyze cell culture flasks around the clock and answer questions like, is it time to pass as my cells? Um, you can leverage IncuSight's networked access to answer that specific question any time of day. It's basically like having a security camera in your incubator. Um, also, you might need to make sure your cell seeding densities are consistent, or you might want to validate your transfection was successful. You could do that too. And, you know, you, you spend a lot of time preparing cells to do an experiment. Uh, if you want to perform an assay at microplate scale, to see what happens in response to a treatment or maybe a knockdown, you can do that too. So the IncuSight really accommodates a range of applications uh, for analysis of cell health, cell movement, morphology, or even function. And all of those can easily be adapted to advanced cell models. In preparing for this interview, I think one of the most impressive aspects of the IncuSight technology is that there are over 2,500 peer-reviewed articles discussing applications of the IncuSight, and new uses are being developed all the time. With constantly evolving new uses for the IncuSight, I would imagine that users have questions during implementation of some of these new applications. So I wanted to ask, what kind of support do you offer for end-users? I think one of the greatest strengths of our support is the fact that we develop applications from start to finish in our own labs. We take the questions from our users, from our scientists. We sit uh, you know, with our in-house team of biologists, and then we work through that question to provide all the tools they need from start to finish. So that means we develop appropriate reagents, vesselware if necessary, and software to get a scientist from point A to point B with as little trial and error as possible. Um, you know, and these live cell can be very complex. You, know, you think about many reagents on the market, they might work in a fixed cell environment, but they don't work in a live cell environment. And they might only work with certain cell types. So we, we do all of that investigation, looking at uh, multiple relevant cell types and cell models, and we're continuously evolving our applications. So, for instance, when we first decided to look at the, 
at spheroid models. We didn't just add a couple extra buttons that we thought might be useful for 3D models. We built that application from the ground up. We started with the cell model to be studied, and we worked to understand the best way to use our technology to, to image and analyze those models and then you know, generate an answer to, to the question. So once we knew that best way to acquire and analyze images, we present the user those specific tools using a guided interface that streamlines the entire experience. And we also provide experimental protocols for users to follow, and that's tested in the lab by biologists. So with that level of upfront work, plus really fantastic support from our technical sales and application specialists, our users can really maximize their output. And we see that at the tune of 60 to 70 peer-reviewed publications per month around the globe. Wow, that's impressive. Along those same thoughts, did you utilize the information from users about new applications when you were developing the new Incusite model? I would say yes. What we saw is that every cell biologist, every single one, has a need to observe their cells across the entire workflow from the time the cells are placed in culture. And with the SX1, an individual user can improve their cell culture quality control, they can ensure quality downstream analysis, and they can generate an information-rich analysis at a scale that is not practical with traditional cell analysis technologies. I'm guessing it's very exciting to see all these new uses for Incusite being developed. And I'm wondering, based on what you've seen, do you have thoughts on the future of cell analysis? Oh, yes. I mean, there is so much to look forward to. You know, we, every month we're seeing exciting publications come out. Um, we're seeing our users embarking on exciting fields like cell therapy and personalized medicine. They're taking advantage of game-changing technologies like CRISPR. It's not just about seeing how a cell responds. It's about manipulating and leveraging everything that a cell has to offer. So, and, you know, we start realizing that we have everything we need to combat disease an organ or determine a treatment that we need in our own bodies. It is just simply amazing and it really fills me with hope and excitement for the future. I agree. It's a really exciting time and I love seeing all of the new developments in therapeutics, but I also really like to see all of the new technologies too that are being developed to support those therapeutics. So I, I think it's a really really exciting time. And, and I think we have a lot to look forward to uh, with respect to, to both therapeutics and supporting uh, enabling technologies. So thank you so much. This was really, really interesting. And, and I'm, I'm so, in, so excited that you were able to come and, and talk about cell analysis and also um, the new Incusite model. I was wondering as we close, is there anything else that you would like to add for our listeners today? Yeah, I'm just incredibly pleased to be talking with you today and to the Cell Culture Dish listeners. You know, we really have an incredible dedication to live cell analysis of cell models and to those scientists that are using these models. So expanding our portfolio, it's a huge step for us towards fulfilling our vision. You know, we honestly believe that every cell biologist, every single one can gain live cell insights with an site. So thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.